0: Our reading comes from Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Luke chapter 12 is packed full of good stuff. It really hits home on a lot of issues like anxiety, greed, basic things that we all deal with. If we say that we don't have a problem with greed, I'm talking about poor and rich people. We are not telling the truth. A poor person can be just as greedy as a rich person. So, all people are prone to this sin that Jesus is going to talk about today. We also are prone to anxiety, and that's also taken up later in this chapter. There's two positions we find ourselves in many times when it comes to possessions and things and money, trying to make ends meet. Maybe you've been stressed out before about, you know, how are we going to pay this bill? What are we going to do? Or maybe. We've done really well with things, and we've made a lot of extra money. We want to hoard it for ourselves and not use it to help other people or help the purposes of God. We've all been there. We've all had that problem. You see, possessions bring about two different sins. There is the sin of greed. That's the easy target, isn't it? You know, We'll usually say, well, those rich folks over there, they're greedy. But I've met some pretty poor, greedy people. Maybe I'll rephrase that. I've met some greedy people that are very poor. This sin cuts straight across socioeconomics. It doesn't really matter what your bottom line is. All of us can be greedy. We can be greedy with our possessions. We can be greedy with our time. We can be greedy with just about anything. But also there's a flip side to this. Sometimes we're in want. Now it's easy to be greedy when you have a lot of extra. You've made extra money. You've made some extra investment money. You feel pretty good about yourself. You feel pretty confident. You feel secure and you store that wealth away to make more wealth. And you don't take that wealth to help the kingdom or help other people who are in need. We just kind of hoard it to ourselves instead of being a blessing. I think that would be what Jesus really looks down upon in his teaching today. There's another situation that we find ourselves in when it comes to money and possessions. And we've probably all been, been here with this one, anxiety. We have a lack of wealth, a lack of money, and because of that, we are very anxious for the future. And both of those go back to where do you put your trust? Do you trust God? You know, if it's you've been blessed with extra and and plenty, are you going to use that extra and plenty to help others and trust God to continue to take care of you or you try to establish your own security? Or you're lacking and you don't have money and you're anxious about how will God Fulfill this need in my life. So I want you to have that in the background as we read through this passage and it will make it kind of come alive to what really Jesus is talking about here. Also, realize there is a dispute. People come to Jesus with a need, they want him to judge a situation. Now, if we think of great judges in the Bible, you may think, well, the book of Judges, of course. But actually, Moses was a great judge. Think about how many times people would bring an issue to Moses or he would have to, to judge an issue. It was so tiresome he had to appoint other people to help him with that task in Israel, the 70 elders that would help judge the issues between the Israelites. So in that great tradition of a great prophet and a great teacher, people would come to Jesus wanting help with their issues. So this is how the story is set up. Someone in the crowd, as Jesus is teaching, wants Jesus to arbitrate. and Listen to what happened. So this is, once again, Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 13. We're going to go all the way to verse 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. He told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So really quick, we realize that this is not a diatribe against having things and having possessions. Think of the Ten Commandments. We have one commandment that says, Thou shalt not steal. Well, you can't steal something if you don't have possessions. So the Bible assumes that we will have earthly possessions. The question is, where do you put your trust and your hope? Do you think your possessions are going to save you in the end? Are you going to find security in those possessions? Kind of as Job says, naked I came into this world and, and naked I will leave. You can't take it with you. We've heard that before, haven't we? So, first of all, it's confusing to people at the beginning of this story when someone says, hey, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And you may think, well, that's kind of a benign request. I mean, shouldn't a brother do that if there's an inheritance left between two and the older always got the larger segment of the possessions than the younger, but there would be this inheritance that would be divided among the siblings. This is a legitimate uh, complaint or question. Jesus, help us out. My brother's not dividing up the inheritance. And then Jesus says, you know, I'm, I'm not a judge or an arbiter. And you're thinking, well, now, wait a minute. Will Jesus not judge the world at the end? Will there not be some form of, of Jesus having a role in judgment? And the doctrine here would be that once Jesus ascends, Back to the right hand of the Father, he will have a role in judgment. That is true. But this point, that's not the case. And really, Jesus is getting to another point. So don't get hung up in that, because Jesus is trying to get to a point here. The real problem here is not this squabble with the brothers. It's covetousness. You see, the possessions have become more important in the relationship with the brother. Now, we never hear about that in our times, do we, where Possessions become more important than people. But that's really the trap we're looking at. Do possessions become more important than God? Do possessions become more important than other people? Remember, Jesus summed up basically the law and the prophets in love the Lord your God with everything you've got. And to also love your neighbor. Love your fellow brother and sister. And that kind of sums up all the Old Testament. And what possessions can do is sometimes they can usurp both of those. They can usurp God, and they can usurp our fellow brother. Our stuff becomes more important than people is what I'm saying. And that's the problem here in this story. The other problem is hoarding wealth. Well, this is tough to read because I know a lot of us have this problem that when I get extra, I want to store it away for a rainy day, you know, Economy is going to be bad, so I better store away more wealth and more possessions. And we kind of think like that looking on the horizon. I've got to have it for me and mine. And there's this sense of not trusting God to take care of us. And that's where greed comes from and anxiety, both of those sins that we all are guilty of. We can't explain this away. I don't care how much money you make, you are probably guilty of greed. I know I am. I'm also guilty of anxiety. And Jesus warns against these dual sins. In this chapter. And possessions seem to be the the centerpiece here. When it comes to the lack of stuff, we are anxious. When it comes to extra stuff, we've got extra money and extra things. We want to hoard it and keep it all to ourselves. What Jesus is saying, we need to have a free heart that that will give to others. That will take care of others around us. So where this man went wrong, it was not that he had things. It was not that he was blessed with a bumper crop. That's not the issue. It's his attitude. He's going to rest in his possessions. And he starts speaking to himself and says, soul, we'll just kick back and put all this stuff back. And we're going to have a how time here. And of course, there's nothing wrong with having a good time either. Jesus had a good time. But it's the attitude of this guy. He's putting all his faith and trust in his stuff. And he's speaking to his soul. Now, that's weird to us. It's not like he's speaking to his immaterial part, like he's speaking to his spirit side. That's not what this passage is talking about. If this is originally in Hebrew, which it probably was, it was translated into Greek as it was written. There's a word here, nefesh. And nefesh is the word that we get soul from in the Hebrew Bible. And nefesh is just your whole person. It also can be the seed of your intelligence, what makes you who you are. It doesn't necessarily mean your immaterial part of you. So he's just speaking to his inner self. He's having this inner conversation. all it's saying is, hey, I'm going to sit back and enjoy this. And God says, your soul, your nephesh, is required of you. In other words, your life. You're going to lose your life. You're going to die. That's what the passage is saying. This guy's going to die. And that seems harsh, doesn't it? That God would judge someone and they would die. But I think we don't need to explain this away. I think that's exactly what the passage is saying, which is sobering. Sometimes we need these stark reminders, don't we, that God is sovereign and God is powerful and He could require our lives of us. He really could. Uh, Sometimes we paint a picture of God that makes us very comfortable, uh, that's really not the God of the Bible. I'm not saying that God doesn't love us and care for us, but there is this sense of judgment where God says, look, you're foolish. You're going to die because you're a fool. Harsh language here, but it also should warn us of those dual sins, because Jesus is going to hit the next sin in the the next section. I don't want to steal Devin's thunder. But this next sin coming is based on possessions, and it's just as bad. So this chapter, really, to me, is universal. We we all deal with these sins. This is not something we're immune to. I don't care how poor you are, how rich you are. we got to get away from that as Americans, that if you're a rich person, somehow you're more guilty of greed. No, we're all guilty of greed. It doesn't matter where your status or your your bank account stands today we can all be guilty of this sin well I appreciate you tuning in today and listening I hope this challenged you as much as it challenged me it'll stick with me for a while these readings really hold you accountable well God bless and I hope you tune in tomorrow to listen to Devin. <laughs> Welcome to the Illuminated Word podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word podcast.